listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 63 and 64 of our Read Through the Bible plan. We are in continuing right through the heart of Leviticus. Yes. God is very clear with his priests, the people who are going to minister and prepare the people to be in fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. It's very important. In fact, I would say it's the heart of God. Yeah. Is how can I be with my people? How can I get them cleansed and ready to uh, rest and fellowship with the God of the universe? Because when you are there, everything else is taken care of. It's no longer manipulation. It's no longer uh, legal. I'll give you this. You give me that. It's purely wash your hands. We're going to eat. Mm-hmm. So our... Old Testament reading for today is Leviticus chapters 11 through 13. All right. So I liked how you said it. We were talking and you said there's like three things this covers. Oh, yeah. It's, what was it? Animals, childbirth, Childbirth and and leprosy. leprosy. Yeah. Which is, might be the name of our second album as a band oh yeah animals childbirth and leprosy boom boom the fed by ravens complete uh, greatest hits that's a greatest hits album that is the greatest hits. yeah i like so that. clean and unclean animals very important childbirth is a reality of life and uh laws about leprosy skin disease very important yeah so it's all pointing out the need uh for getting rid mm. of the unholy the unclean death and ushering in life, cleanliness, and holiness, right? Mm-hmm. So what's what's the deal with clean and unclean <clears throat> animals, Matt? All right. So, I mean, it's kind of, like, pretty basic. It's yeah. just uh, these animals are good for you to eat, and these animals aren't. Uh, yeah. And it's just kind of, like, breaking down, like, very, like, very t- tediously. Yes. Uh, the details of, like... Specifically. Like... These are the animals, like these are the lizards that you cannot eat, and these are the things that you cannot do. And, um, <clears throat> but it's kind of just like figuring out, like, as a family, these are the things we eat. Do you know what's funny is it's the last chapter I would expect to find this, this one verse Go for where it. God says, Be holy, for I am holy. Oh, you yeah, you would never expect it to be found in the chapter about clean and unclean animals Mm -hmm. but this verse is referenced in the new testament quite often Mm -hmm. and it's be holy for i am holy like you Mm -hmm. are set apart so the things that you're eating the things that are being put into your body but also that your family table where you eat with your family is an extension of the lord's altar and so be holy set yourself apart and uh, so there's a spiritual component to what you eat Mm-hmm. But then really, it seems to me very practical. Like, uh, I remember a friend of mine teaches at a Christian school, and he had a rabbi come in, and the kids were all asking the rabbi. He was talking about all these regulations for food, and the rabbi was really coming at it from a practical perspective. He's like, look, we don't eat pigs because they roll around in their own filth. Mm-hmm. They're disgusting. We don't eat the... Uh, these dirty things because they're just dirty. They're not clean. So there's an aspect to it of like practicality, keeping this new nation that's going to meet with God healthy and uh, avoiding any kind of sickness or poison or whatever. And, and then it's also reinforcing there's clean and there's unclean. 
And to be with me, you got to go through the clean, the cleanliness, through yeah. the clean, the clean. <clears throat> yeah, the cleanse. You got to glean the clean, baby. Um, but yeah, be holy for I am holy. And so it, it just, it, I mean, I'm always struck by don't eat the rock badger. Um, I just love the idea of a rock badger. Um, <laughs> and then it just has animals you can't eat, you can't eat. Uh, and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Read it for fun. I mean, it just shows like God cares about every aspect of their yeah. lives. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. Mm. Don't defile, your, defile yourselves. And for I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. I love that. Mm-hmm. You will, you are therefore holy. So act holy. Don't eat this, uh, don't eat the stuff that swarms the ground, you know, mm-hmm. in certain ways. All right. So that's chapter 11. <clears throat> that's the food thing. Yeah. And then we get to chapter 12 which is about dealing with childbirth. Right. And it's interesting because the first several times I've read this chapter, mm-hmm. I was always kind of stumped as to... Why, Lord? Like, yeah, like, so, like... Why did you put this in? Like, it's... Like, if she has a male child, she's got a, she's unclean for yeah. seven days. Yeah. But then if she has a female child, she's unclean for 14 days. Right. And then, then she, after that, she's got to wait, like... 30, was it 33 days mm-hmm. before she can enter back into community and 66 days with a female? So it's like, why is it? It sounds like a punishment when you read it from our perspective looking right. back. But what I realized is it's actually her time off. Yes. To recover. It's her recovery time. Right. It's, it's the amount of time that it takes for someone to recover from having child having a child and, and it's not really <clears throat> clear like i don't want anyone anyone to think that we have like <clears throat> we found all the answers to this it's not completely clear but i think you're right in that uh, what i was just thinking was you are offering the male as kind of the um the firstborn of the flock like there's there's a male thing that goes a little quicker and then with the female children you could take some more time off we don't need to i don't know that's my guess yeah I, I'm so actually well i was through okay it. so i was this is what i was thinking about yeah. so the uh with the males they have to get circumcised on the eighth day right so they the uh the mom mm-hmm. would want to go to the temple they or the tabernacle they would go to the tabernacle yes. to offer oh, the circumcision okay, yes. so so she's only given like you you're you're only given seven days now one week one week because they we want you to be there for the circumcision right and so we will make, on that eighth day, you will be ceremonially cleansed. You'll be able to enter in, watch your boy get circumcised, get the mark of the covenant. Yes, that's it. Then man. you go back out, and then you rest and heal. You found it. And then, but for the female, it's, there's no rush. Take your time. Yeah. Rest, heal, take some time with your child. And, like, these these days off are are relieving her from keeping up with demands of the law and with the demands of everyday life. Right. You it's, get a break. It's just a break. Like, we take time off from work. Like, women take time off from work. They get maternity leave. And, and this is the maternity leave. And even, like, the issues of blood, like, menstruation was not regarded as sinful, but the flow of blood made people ritually unclean. Yeah, you just can't go into That's the right. tabernacle. No, but I think you nailed it. You found it. So from their perspective, it's not like, oh... <clears throat> 
boys are more important than girls. No, it was like they had to carry the bloody sign mm-hmm. of circumcision. And uh, and so, yeah, you had to get that. And the eighth day is of huge importance. Yeah. It's the beginning of a new era. It's always right. the eighth day uh, after the, the day of rest. You know, And we've talked about that. Remember that. Christ rose again, mm-hmm. eighth day. And then, um, yeah, and then when they come back in, the priest makes atonement for her to be like, to celebrate like, sweet, you had this child, mm-hmm. you are healed up, let's praise God for that, and now you're welcome back in, you can start working again and coming back into the temper- tabernacle again. Right, perfect. So he, that's childbirth. So actually it's <clears throat> dealing, uh, it's God being merciful with women and yeah. allowing them still to be around because it feels like a lot of laws are being broken. Right. So cool. God knows we're going to have a lot of babies, and so he sets up rules for that and uh, the way to, to enjoy his fellowship. And then we get to laws about leprosy. Yeah, this huge chapter. Yeah, <clears throat> and then it's going to continue into 14, <clears throat> but we, we're only going to go to chapter 13 today. So we'll have today, and then the next time we meet, we'll finish the conversation about leprosy. But from what I can get about it uh, out of it, it's leprosy and any kind of skin infectious disease has to be quarantined. Yes. And so for the good of the nation, remember, God is creating a nation mm-hmm. to bring about the Son of God, to bring about the Messiah, the Savior, the one who would crush the head of the Satan, right? Mm-hmm. And get us back into the garden. And so we can't have uh, skin diseases and infectious diseases breaking out and just wiping us out. And yes. so it's taken very seriously. <clears throat> and I realized... Leprosy is one of the few reasons the priest would leave the temple. Mm-hmm. Like the priest goes out. Is that maybe I'm going uh, ahead of I'm going <clears throat> ahead of chapter fourteen? Actually, I think that's well. No, yes, 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 yes. So that you oh, you are jumping to, to fourteen, yeah. yeah. But um, so leprous diseases they are they cover like the word that they're using mm-hmm. in Hebrew, covers all sorts of skin diseases. Right. Yeah. Uh, we immediately attribute it to the worst form, which right. is um, transferable through touch, mm-hmm. and your, rot- your flesh is rotting. Um, but this is like any sort of skin infection or anything uh, was taken seriously. And I'm realizing, too, like on a spiritual level, like this is what God's doing, and like a lot of times it seems harsh right. <clears throat> when... We'll see, like when, like when Aaron's sons like burn the wrong incense, he kills them because right. he's like, I can't allow this behavior. This is infectious. It will infect the people. I can't allow that. So you're you're, you're gone. You're removed. We're removing the infection, and so this is what. But I'll s- set up a way to restore Sorry. fellowship. Yes. But for right now, you got to step away. We'll figure out how mm. to restore you. Yes, and so again, this is what this whole chapter is dealing with. Very like it's. It gets very detailed, and and it's to protect the people from just becoming sick and spreading disease. And, and so the priest <clears throat> is not a doctor. Mm-mm. He is, um, he's really, he's religious. So he's trying to figure out what's unclean and what's clean. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then the idea too I recognized was. If he thinks he's, if he doesn't know, you give it seven days. You give it like the seven days of creation and you yeah. come back and you reevaluate and you see, have things cleared up or have they gotten worse? Has this, you know, has the skin raised? And, and so you're, you're, there's chance for healing. There's a chance for, um, 
you know, the quarantine produces either healing or it's like, man, you, you're in more shape. Yeah. And you need it's to bad. step outside. Mm-hmm. We have a place for you. <clears throat> yep. But that's where the idea, too, comes from yelling out um, the lepers. Actual people with leprosy would yell out unclean because mm-hmm. they didn't want to spread the disease and kill people, you know, and bring other people into it. So unclean, unclean. Yeah, so they would have to go out of the camp. If they, if they, re- if they had the worst form... Right. They would be outside of the camp. Any garments that had touched their skin that they did not keep yeah. got burned. Like it was completely like, you're out. We cannot have you infecting us. Yeah. Um, and then I liked how it said, at least in my translation, in the warp or the woof of any or in any article made of skin, like the warp and the woof, like. The texture, the weave, the of weave the, of anything, of yeah, like garment, yeah. how there could be sickness in the garment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty smart. Yeah, I don't know. So I again, know. it's just, and I think too, leprosy, like any skin disease, mm-hmm. was always quickly attributed to uh, a plague from uh, God. Yeah, and so again, this is kind of why it takes some time on this to. Mm-hmm give it like it is under the authority of the priest because it could be like a yeah. punishment from God. Like you are unclean. And if you've been hiding this, it well, will appear and manifest on your skin. And we'll read as we continue in the old Testament, <clears throat> there's several times where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even Moses pulled his hand out and mm-hmm. had leprous. Well, he made, yeah. Or was that Moses? Mir- yeah, that was Moses. Yeah. And then he made Miriam and well, I think that's later in the story. But So, so it all reminds me though, um, too, of, <clears throat> of what baptism does for us. It washes us and renews us and puts on new garments, the garments of Christ on us. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, and the need for it yeah, to be cleansed. So like we have faith in Christ, we are baptized, we're cleansed and washed for meal fellowship. Mm. Pretty cool. It is pretty cool. All right, so we got through. What's the name of our, um, our greatest hits album? It was Animals, Childbirth, and Leprosy. Leprosy. Yeah. Boom. Did it. Let's move into our uh, New Testament reading today. Our New Testament reading comes from Mark chapter 12, verse 13 through 44. All right, so we are smack dab in the middle of kind of a bigger idea from Mark, right? <clears throat> so we've come in through the triumphal entry. He's already uh, been challenged. His authority has been challenged. Mm-hmm. He gives the parable of the tenants where the Pharisees and the, the Herodians and everybody, um, or the scribes and the priests, they all get it. They're like, oh, he's talking about us. Yes. Let's kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, so chapter 12, verse 13 is where we're beginning today. And that starts with, ooh, paying taxes. Another trick. This time it is the Pharisees who hate the Herodians <clears throat> are now working together. Yeah, so the Herodians were either, it's like a gen- generic term for either people who actually belong to the family of Herod hmm. and or um, Jews who sympathized with Herod and right. were for Roman rule. And so this they were not popular among the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They did not get along. But here we see them cooperating because they both are upset with Jesus because Jesus is offending Rome. Right. And so the Herodians would care about this. 
And so they come at him <clears throat> with, uh, we're going to get you for tax evasion. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they ask him about, do you pay taxes or not? And Jesus responds brilliantly by saying, it's all about the image. It's all about the image, man. It is. So this is like a big deal for them because the Roman coin, the denarius, always had the image of the current Caesar. Mm-hmm. And the current Caesar was deified. Like it was always the son of a god. Right. And so they were not allowed to take the denarius into the temple because it was a graven image that... So no graven images were allowed in the temple of any other gods. Quite literally graven image in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Jesus is like... With the power to buy. Yeah. Give me give me your little idol in your pocket. <laughs> Whose image is on it? Caesar's. So you're going to give that to Caesar, but then you give to God what is God's. And they marveled at him. Yeah. Because they realized the image of God is imprinted on every human... Uh, whether people submit to that or rebel against mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, brilliant right. little... Brilliant. Then the Sadducees, and I was realizing too, the Sadducees, there are the people who are... Um, oh, no, I was thinking, okay, the Sadducees and the scribes. I realized the scribes are like people who study God's word. Yeah. And the Sadducees, of course, are the ones who only believe in the Pentateuch. Yep, and they're also in charge of deciding who becomes a priest and who doesn't at this point. Okay. And they don't believe, uh, they don't really believe in any resurrection. I think I said when we went through Matthew, Mm -hmm. they're sad, you see, Mm -hmm. because they don't believe in the resurrection. So this is that same scene where they try to trick Jesus and say, oh, we don't believe in the resurrection. Let's trick you Mm -hmm. and show how foolish this idea is. A hypothetical woman uh, marries seven brothers. Yeah. And so who's... Whose husband, who will be her husband in this eternal place you're talking about? Right. As if they don't even really believe that. They don't really believe even in heaven or hell. It's just like, you're done when you're done. This is the reality. Yeah, they're trying to show that believing in afterlife is stupid. Right. And they're making fun of him. And um, and then Jesus, that's why Jesus responds, uh, is this not the reason you are wrong? Because you neither you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. <laughs> so he responds kind of harshly. The thing they think they know. Yes. He just says, "You guys are trying. You're you don't know God and you don't know the scriptures because you don't have any heaven. You don't have any hell. You don't have any resurrection. You you don't get it at all." And and then um, by the end of it. Well, you know, this is. I'm trying to think. Does he say something different here? Then from Matthew, um, and as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Mm-hmm. He is not the God of the dead, but the of the living. You are quite wrong. Now, I love that line. He says, look, uh, he's the God of Jacob. These guys are not dead. He's mm-hmm. the God of the living. You should know that. But I don't remember the passage about the bush. He brings back the burning bush to Moses to say, um, have you not read? Like, I'm going to, you guys know the story, right? And and it was at the bush, God says, I am the God of these guys who are already dead. Mm -hmm. They should get that. They should get that. And now that we're getting a better understanding of Leviticus and understanding their culture is dead things are unclean. Right. And so to even assume that God is a God of the dead 
is like a contradiction yeah, to what God be. is. You can't be in the presence of God and be dead. dead. So either so either everything you guys believe about Abraham through Jacob, yeah. a- Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is wrong because they're unclean now yeah. and not in the presence of God. So why pay attention to anything they said? Or they're alive and with God because God is the God of the living yeah. and he's made them clean. Yeah. So you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God, quite honestly. Jesus isn't just being <laughs> snarky. No. He's like, honestly, you guys don't know anything. You have not read or right. actually heard anything God has said to you through the Pentateuch. And so let's go back to the most Scream. basic. I know. That was the last episode. We never said Pentateuch again. Now we're saying it three times already. <laughs> But he takes them back to the most basic, like, do you guys even know the story of Moses and the burning bush? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say most little church kids would be familiar enough with that story. So the yeah. Sadducees are these great experts. Do you even know the story of Moses? What, what did God say at the burning bush? Those guys were long gone already. 400 years of exile. Yeah. Or of Egypt. Yeah. Okay. So then it's like you got the waves, you had the, the Pharisees, the Herodians, the Sadducees, and now we get the scribes, these guys who only work, they're all the little students, and mm-hmm. they come at him thinking, we'll get him this way. We'll ask him to, uh, what's the greatest, which commandment is the most important of all? Mm-hmm. And again, they can't stump Jesus. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your enemies, or love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And we're familiar with this, but when you read it, this time when I was reading it, it's really shocking. I'm kind of overwhelmed by the gravity of this command. Like, it's much easier for me to not take the Lord's name in vain. I mean, I think it is. It's not mm-hmm. that easy. Then, like, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, forgive me. Like, I've, I've loved myself more than I've loved God. Like, I... With all your heart, soul, and mind means you're thinking about what he wants all day, every second. That's very, it's a very big and difficult command. And then to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's that, it sounds easier, right? Because it's been truncated down to a small thing, Mm -hmm. but it's actually really, really, uh, it's too great for me to, to keep. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the point though. It's to force us to go, God, help me. And God always answers that prayer. Uh, the interesting thing is in Mark, I know the scribe has, a, like, I don't know if in Matthew, I can't remember now, but uh, if it wasn't just what his response was, wasn't recorded, yeah. but Mark takes the time to record it. And he's like, you are right, teacher. You truly have said that he is one and there's no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, he actually is like, all right, I get it. And then Jesus says to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask questions. Right, sacrificing a bull would be easier than loving God with all your heart. Yeah, which is really cool. Like, it's cool to see, like, he kind of gets it. And... And then Jesus is recognizing he gets it, but yeah, to really... Well, he's saying push through. Push through. You're close because Jesus will love this way. He'll now, love with his heart, soul, mind, and he'll love his neighbor as himself. Because then now he's going to address the idea of who he is. Yeah. And, and the first part of his answer was, Hero Israel, the Lord our... 
The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And see, I, I kind of see the trap here being set up because they've heard him say, I am. They've mm-hmm. seen him receive worship and praise. And he has said, I am God, or at least the son of God. And so the question is, well, is God one or is God, is there multiple persons? Like right. what's going on? And so Jesus says that. And then now he's going to say, now, who am I? Yeah, that's pretty brilliant. Hear, O Israel, they call it the Shema. Hear, uh-huh. the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And that they, they, and you shall love the Lord with all. And so, the Lord your God with all your heart. Jesus is going to do this mm-hmm. and love the way we are intended to. But then he taught in the temple, "I am the Christ." Mm-hmm. So, uh, how can the scribes say? And this is the the great thing we we conquered in Matt in Matthew which is he addresses their belief in David mm-hmm. and brings up the fact that David, in the Holy Spirit, declared, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Mm-hmm. David calls himself, calls him a Lord, calls Jesus, or calls the Messiah Lord. How is he his son? So the people <clears throat> liked the idea that David was talking about a Messiah, a saved son of a divine yes. son of God, yes. and not just his own son Solomon or mm-hmm. Jeroboam or not Jeroboam, Rehoboam, or something like that down the line. He was talking. He wouldn't call his son Lord. Yeah. He's calling uh, a divine Messiah Lord. Yeah, and uh, and people thought that was great, and then, um, but of course. The guys who thought they knew the word did not like that so much. They're being made to look like fools. Yeah, and then he slams the scribes, like the guys, like yeah. the representative of who just came at him. And, uh, oh man, this is good. Yeah, like basically going, like they walk around in long robes to set themselves apart, have the best seats in the synagogue, place honors of feast, and they devour widows' houses. And for a pretense, make long prayers, and they will receive the greater condemnation. Yeah. This is scary. Um, the students, the, it's scary in our day, too. If you're a pastor, and you're devouring the houses of widows, you're taking money, you're praying long, you know, it's about your kind of ego. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very difficult, to, but it's tempting to make church and to make these things very self-serving. Yeah, and so in their culture, the scribes, it wasn't like a paid position, like studying the word and copying it. It wasn't paid. And so they would have to live on the donations of others. Benefactors. Yes, and so they would like... Prey on whoever had money. Yeah, and like align themselves with rich widows or stuff like that and overstay their welcome. Well, Jesus then contrasts that with his ministry and says, look, look at the people giving. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, look at this widow. Her, the widow's might, right? Mm-hmm. Truly I say to you, this poor widow, she just puts in um, two small copper coins that make up a penny. This poor widow has put more in than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So I never realized that he's contrasting the scribes will prey on rich widows and take their money, mm-hmm. but be dead inside. Mm-hmm. And Christ will love on the poor widows and recognize that their little penny 
is their heart. Yeah. I, you know, I always look at that as, um, oh, we should give out of our poverty. But, and that's true too. The point is we, we don't give out of our abundance when it's convenient. We give because we know that the Lord provides everything. Mm-hmm. But I also realize, oh, God loves the widow. He loves the poor widow. He loves the person who has nothing. He doesn't just love the people who have everything to give. Mm. And it also reminds me, too, that like in leadership, so you see all the leaders kind of corrupt, right? This section, chapter 12, almost breaks down every group. The priests, the scribes, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Herodians, the, um, I guess the scribes at the end again. And they're missing it. And what Christ is calling us to is humility, service, sacrifice. You know, there's responsibility with knowing the Word of God. So, I don't know. That makes me um, that makes me slow down and go, all right, Lord, have mercy on us. Hear our prayers that we wouldn't uh, turn His work into something self-serving and gross. Mm. All right. Well, that's that's the. Uh, New Testament for today. Are we going to go to Psalm 30? Yes, we're going to go. We're going to read Psalm 30, verse 1 through 7. Cool. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, and I was dismayed. fed by ravens go in peace and serve the lord we will talk to you next time